This episode is brought to you by Podmetrics, your one-stop shop for all your podcast data needs. Podmetrics aggregates data from Anchor, Spotify, Chartable, Facebook Live, and YouTube in order to show you the real picture of how your show is doing. The best part is, it's absolutely free. Sign up now at podmetrics.co and don't forget to use the referral code GEEKYHUANS. That's geeky, J-U-A-N-S. Podmetrics, the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Hi guys, welcome to the Geeky Ones. This is episode 82. And the title of our episode today is Copa Mania, which is, you know, we're going to have a football field episode, as you can see with Durbin's Arsenal jersey and my background of uh, what happened in the Copa America. Spoiler alert, you know, if you haven't followed Copa America just yet. <laughs> and now, um, so yeah, before we start, we have once again Derv for wrestling after work. Derv, say hi. Hello, guys. Hello, guys. Glad to be here again yeah. to join you guys. Again. So uh, after we talked about um, esports tournaments, we're gonna talk about football tournaments, and you know, this is something uh, this is something we enjoy so much. This is uh, yeah. football is something we've followed, you know, uh, for quite a few years. I think uh, no, I've followed this for ten years. Derv, I know you've been following this for much longer. Than yeah, any one of us here. So I think okay. I've been. Uh, well, I started learning football at around seven, so that's like 24, 23 years ago. So yeah, and I've been a gooner for like twenty-two or twenty-three years now. And nice. fourteen of those, we haven't won anything. I mean, not fourteen, like sixteen or seventeen now. <laughs> Well, I'm always happy that Arsenal wins FA Cups every now and then. And, you know, because of that, they're now the best FA Cup team. Uh, they're now the most successful FA Cup team in uh, in England. So that's yeah. gonna, always fun. And, you know, people would people would always you know, say that the FA Cup is not an important trophy. No, shut up. That's important. That's it an is. important trophy. That's the oldest football competition in... That's the world's oldest football competition. You're, you're, uh, you're dissing right now, so that's not good. Yeah, the only people who diss on the FA Cup are the people whose teams are eliminated early. <laughs> well, yeah. Ayun. Um, let's go. Um, so we're going to talk about, first we're going to talk about Copa America 2021, and then we're going to talk about Euro 2020. And in the end, we're going to have a very, very early 2022 World Cup prediction. Um, as I know, oh, there are no teams that have qualified yet, save for Qatar, who are the hosts of this world, that yeah. next year's World Cup. And, you know, um, we're going to find out who are, who's going to enter the World Cup next year. Pa. And, but, you know, we can do our... Early predictions. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do our early Nostradamus things if we ever have it. Sports sports Nostradamus, you can say. So let's, before we go to um the main topics, let's talk about uh, an introduction. Continental football competitions. So there, what can you say? What how what are continental football competitions? Um, it's basically held by the governing body. Uh, within a region, a continent, like, for example, Europe has UEFA, uh, the North America has, and Central America has the CONCACAF. And here we have the AFC, right? So, Asian um, Cup. 
usually um to enter these kinds of tournaments like the World Cup or yeah, the Euros, for example, or the Copa America, most of these uh, teams, the national teams, um, have players from different parts of the world, basically signed to clubs. And um, mm. there are inter- assigned international breaks every season um, for qualification games and friendlies. And with major competitions, um, they usually happen four years. Uh, in a, uh, they usually happen with a gap of four years. And um, the only exception being special events, like what happened to the Copa America, I think, last... Centenario, yeah. Yeah, because it's the 100th year anniversary, so they had to do it another one <laughs> the next year and had guest teams. From what I remember, yeah. Japan was also there. If I comment, let me take a look. Yeah, but um, most of these uh, competitions happen uh, every four years, uh, but no competition intercedes with the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 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 what you call this? No competition. Um, yeah, points World after the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one thing worth noting now, uh, these continental competitions do not, are not automatic qualifiers to the World Cup. That's separate yeah. because people would assume that if you're, an, if you're a cup winner, if you're like a winner of the Asian Cup, Gold Cup, or Copa America or Euros, you're automatically uh, a participant of the next World Cup. That's not the case. That's not how it works. <laughs> that should... Yeah. Uh, there, there you go. Um, no, no, it's not Japan. I thought they were like the guest. But the CONCACAF, that's why Conca, uh, the Centenario was, had a bigger pool because it had the CONCACAF teams. Mm-hmm. Like the United States, Mexico... Yeah, it had North. It had basically the. Yeah. It's a two re- double regional competition, and that's really that was really cool. Yeah, I forgot the tournament. I was saying Japan. Sorry, this <laughs> still the vaccine for the back vaccine. Oh so yeah. Okay, we're but yeah. Okay, so continental comp. That's basically continental competitions. They happen every four years. They're the biggest. Uh, next big trophy, like alongside the World Cup. And yeah. you know the new Nations League uh, championships that have been happening in certain areas. But once again, um, just because they won a continental championship doesn't mean you yeah, enter sure. the World sure. Cup. Because Chile won two Copa Americas but didn't enter the World Cup in 2018. So that's one case. Um, yeah. USA Ata, I think USA won the previous Gold Cup before. Um, before the 2018 World Cup, they didn't qualify. So that's one thing. Uh, it doesn't. That's just because you've won. Uh, but yeah, despite that, continental football cup competitions are great ways to gauge how how re- how good is one and how strong is one region or how strong are the football teams in each region are. Because hey, you can gauge like um, usually the winners of. The winners of Continental Cup competitions are shoe-ins, almost shoe-ins for the World Cup. Usually, usually they are the favorites. We say, uh, yeah, favorite usually we say, usually I say because Chica didn't make it. I was sad that we could, we never saw Alexis Sanchez one more time in 2018. I would have wanted that, yeah, but yeah. hey, that's that's how harsh football is. Anyway, 
Now let's go to Copa America 2021, and let's talk about um, first. We talk about the teams. Okay, teams of Copa, uh, Copa America. Basically, this is entire South America, right, Nerf? Yeah, South America. I don't think they've. Um, I don't think they've included uh, anyone else. Oh, they did. Paga, they did include um, uh, Australia and Qatar for as their special guests because I think that's what they've been doing. Like they've had special invitational yeah, teams. Yeah. But I think but unfortunately, um, I think this is I, pandemic yeah. reasons. Yeah, yeah. I think they uh, were supposed to join. Yeah. But would you think that Australia or Qatar have a chance at sniffing out um, at least a top four finish in South America? Um, Qatar, uh, I... Qatar now, yes. <laughs> no, 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 they have, they can, but um, I doubt they will. Australia, I give them a chance because uh, we had two groups, and I give them a chance to like go into the knockout stages. As a, mm-hmm. uh, as a fourth or third team, especially if you look at the two groups, uh, Argentina. If, the, if someone gets into the Argentina group, group A, and it's gonna be hard because look at the teams there, and then I mean uh, with Group B, no offense to Ecuador and Venezuela, but they're stronger teams. Ecuador now is like what they went down in quality after um, a good couple of years uh, during the 2010s. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, um, unfortunate that we could we weren't able to see. But this means that the Copa America, the twenty twenty one edition, is a completely South American affair in that sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, teams. I guess um, you know it's the usual. It's uh, Group A. We get Argentina. You know. Um, yeah. I don't know. They've won the World Cup twice. They've won a few Copa Americas. They were the second most successful team in Copa yeah. America history. Yeah, you know, they're not nothing big. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. They're one of the best football teams in the world. And they have Lionel Messi. They always have a chance to fight. Next, we have Bolivia. Bolivia, um, not a football power, but hey, South American football teams are always solid. You know, they're yeah. compared, I think, pound for pound, in my opinion, um, South America is the next strongest region next to Europe, always. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, okay. Sometimes it's even the strongest, if especially if you consider the Brazil teams of the 90s. Um, oh, yeah, they were once the best, but, you know, Europe was able to catch yeah. up. And the and recent run of... Africa is also World growing in power. Mm. And the recent run of previous World Cup winners, all hailing from Europe, it's a sign... That you know, Europe has overtaken South America for now. Now, yeah, Bolivia, definitely. I don't, I don't know what else to say about Bolivia. I'm not familiar with their star players. If they have, that's it. Uh, I know they have a good number of players in top leagues, but not as much as everyone else. It's like, um, you know, they're not, not nothing, uh, nothing too special. Now, Uruguay, meanwhile, um, did Uruguay yeah, have Cavani? If I recall, Cavani right? Suarez. Had, still had Cavani and Suarez at their really, old. Really yes, Derv? Uh, Uruguay is a really, really good team. They're actually yep. a bit balanced, if you think about it. Yeah. Last time they've won is uh, 10 years ago, 2011. 
Yeah. Which yeah. gave um, Luis Suarez and Cavani like their early trophies. Like they got uh, they got their they got their international glory way earlier than uh, anyone else expected, which is cool. Yeah. And Uruguay is always always a tough uh, tough assignment for any team, whether it be World Cup or Copa America, because they have uh, they have a lethal strike pairing. They have a top class keeper in. Fernando Muslera and they have Diego Godin. <laughs> yeah, well, and also Jose Jimenez. Oh, Jose Jimenez is a is one of their midfielders, if I recall correctly. No, no, he's one. He, he was also Godin's uh, center back partner for a time in Atletico as well. Okay, uh, well, before Godin left, and then they also had Lucas Torreira who had a mixed uh, bag of years with Arsenal and then he got loaned out to Inter. I think, yeah. did he? That I can't Inter. remember, but yeah. Let's just say that in terms of talent, um, along with... No, 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 he got loaned to, sorry, he got loaned to Atletico Madrid. There you go. I remember because he okay. was part of the Thomas Party deal or sort of part of the Thomas Party deal. That's pretty cool. And yeah. Now we get okay. We didn't talk about Argentina that much, but Uruguay next to Argentina are two of the most talented rosters in this Copa America. And the next one is Chile. Chile is you know, Chile they were is one good. Of the they were the, they're the defending champions actually. Defending but, champions, defending back to back Copa America yeah. champions. You can rarely say that because that will only happen in a century. So pretty cool. Um, Really awesome that they got, uh, they got, they got two Copa America wins. This is uh, Claudio Bravo and Arturo Vidal, were their top stars. Alexis Sanchez and Eduardo Vargas, the guy with the Jordan tattoo. Edu Vargas, who's um, I think I I'm more impressed with him when he's in international competition than yeah than whatever club he's in. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's the guy that, that you can easily recognize because of the Jordan brand tattoo on his neck. <laughs> oh my God! Well, let's not let's uh, let's delve away from um, whatever tattoo choices he has. But yeah, <laughs> solid team, Chile. Um, back-to-back winners. They've beaten <laughs> they've beaten Messi's Argentina twice, which kind of stings because it it and actually came right, up. twice. Yeah, it actually gave the fear. It gave the fear of um, it made Messi scared, legit scared of you know he might not actually win an international trophy. It almost forced him to retire. One of the factors that forced him to almost forced him to retire early was losing um, Copa America and then getting kicked out of the World Cup by France. So yeah, but yeah, Chile is a really great team and. Next one is Paraguay. Now Paraguay, I think, in th- this for me Paraguay is underrated. It's like uh, same yeah. with Peru, same case with Peru. Na they always have, um, they always have talent. They always have, um, they always have um, a chance to win, a chance to win big, cause upsets in their own region, and even go deep in uh, in the World Cup. Every now and then they get, they always have a shot at that. So yeah, they yeah. these these are one of the teams that sneak in. Because they always have um they really have uh pretty good talent every now and then. Yeah. No, uh, no big names. No uh, no big names outside of um the person 
Almeron, yeah, Miguel Almeron of Newcastle. But they're always solid. They're somehow they somehow they always get something going. And if they do, they just uh, they just explode, reach deep knockout stages, and you know shake up the table every now and then. So I'm always uh, I'm always I always like to see Paraguay do well. Now next up we have um, Group B. Group B is yeah, pretty yeah. cool. You know. They only have they only have uh, first off Colombia. Colombia is one of the best South American teams. Um, I mean, they're not yeah, and has uh, the best team celebration of the world. Uh, and you remember World Cup twenty fourteen was it when they were like dancing? Um, oh yeah, okay. And the, of course, I'll never forget the James Rodriguez goal. That was the goal of the tournament, yeah, yeah. which is beautiful. Um, lightning, a beautiful lightning strike. For that, for that team. Um, now, Colombia has the likes of David Ospina, you know, yeah. Nadna, great keeper. Now in Napoli, and now we have um, now they that. have young talent, but they have Duvan Zapata, who's a great score, a great striker in Italy. Luis yeah. Muriel, Muriel, his strike partner in Atalanta. <laughs> yeah. Know? Imagine, imagine, ano, basically Atalanta is their practice grounds for co- for playing in Colombia. <laughs> Um, well, they also have uh, youngsters, Luis Diaz from Porto. Porto is always a great team with uh, with solid talent. They have Juan Cuadrado. You know, Cuadrado yeah. is always a solid um, solid midfield wing option for for his career. Davinson Sanchez, wing back for Tottenham. Yeah, Davinson Sanchez and Yerimina for Everton. The guy who injured Neymar in the 2014 World Cup. Yerimina, my God. Okay. Yeah, I remember Yeremina, Yeremina being uh being a very popular name, and we'll talk about him later. Because I think one of the favorite moments of your favorite moment in the Copa America, they involved him <laughs> getting uh, mentally. They didn't. Uh, they didn't had James Rodriguez, their biggest star in the tournament. From what I remember, right? He didn't get into the team. Yeah, I think James Rodriguez has been uh, off form for the past few years. I mean, yeah. uh, I think especially like um, you know, he he kind of didn't live up to his uh, Barcelona expectations, which is kind of sad. Well, no, um, he went to Real, then Bayern was successful at more successful at Bayern. And then yeah, he was Bayern. more successful with <laughs> in Germany than Real. Than whatever happened to him in Real Madrid, and that's kind of weird because. He won three Champions Leagues with Real. Yeah, and then also with he went to Everton. Um, but in that Everton spending spree last year, but the thing is, um, he kind of cooled off in the second half of the season. Yeah, or was he too expensive for uh, for Everton at that point? No, I think they got him in a good deal around less than thirty million, which is good for. Oh a wow, that's time. a budget deal in that sense. Okay. Next, we go to Brazil. Now, Brazil. <laughs> Brazil is the previous winner. Ah, they're, they're the previous winner of Copa America, right? 2019. Was there? Yeah, they won. Yeah, they did. I f- we forgot. I, I forgot that they won 2019. They did, paga. They, they, the one thing worth noting, they won without oh, Neymar. Yeah, there was because there's a 2015. 2019. Yeah, they won without Neymar. That's one of the things I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember because uh, we considered sorry for that. We considered Chile because we forgot about that 2019 
Okay, let's just say Brazil always, you know, legendary football team, four-time World Cup champions. But you know, recently they've kind of fallen off internationally in terms of success, outside of uh, winning a few Copa Americas and the Confed Cup. But yeah, they're not as the they're not they're not the um, let's just say they're not the um, they're not the Brazil that you know. They're not the hegemon uh, of world football anymore. Yeah, they're no longer the top of their like the Chicago Bulls of uh, World Cups. <laughs> they were once like the best team, the greatest football. They had the greatest football teams in history. Now they're now they're trying to regain that form. They've been trying to regain that form for decades now, and it's kind of kind of interesting to see how they're doing. Um, the thing with Brazil is. It's not just because they're banging on like having that transcendent player, kind of like Neymar. But the thing is, if you compare the older Brazilian teams, um, there were like a few stars, like few stars that are best in their position and guys who actually make the team work. But now with Brazil, it's like there's something with Brazil that they, the Neymar is their last big hope because right now we don't have an emerging brazilian powerhouse player right now right if i remember yeah. right um i mean a lot of the a lot of brazil's best players are at their primes right now let's say we have allison right? we have yeah. allison and anderson two great keepers solid um one is a champions league winner one is a multi-time premier league winner good yeah. great keepers yeah. they have danilo who is in his prime for juventus Thiago Silva, who's about to retire, but still their captain, a really great player. Yeah. Marquinhos from PSG, Alexandro. And, you know, they have youngsters like Eder Militao, who's, you know, who's in Real now. Who's a Real Madrid yeah. player. And now they have uh, Casemiro and Fred. Yeah, actually. And, yeah, interesting, right? Yeah, but yeah I think you're right. They don't have a... They only have one transcendent player in the form of Neymar, like super but talented. But I think the two keepers as well, because like those two keepers are like. Oh yeah, um, Allison is someone that I want to see. Like I think he's just getting started in this. I mean, he's twenty-eight, but you know, I think there's so much more. Like goalkeepers last longer than other positions, deba. Right? I think you know. Yeah. I think Allison has. Well, actually, uh, if you think about it, Brazil's. Biggest, yeah. um, the guy with one of the biggest potentials in the world is from Brazil and he's a defender. Um, and he plays for a certain club. Um, I'm not gonna name because it's already in my I'm already wearing Gabriel Magalhaes, who sadly got injured in the second half of the season and in the middle of the season last year and tried to like recuperate for his, his form, but did not warrant a call up said well it's fine well yeah brazil is always uh brimming with talent you know there's fabino there's doug there's uh oh yeah let's talk about their striking which is kind of heavy their offense is yeah. heavy um let's just say they have uh rich argerson or you know how americans would call him rich argerson if ever yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh, rich argerson a ever forward for everton who's um you know Good trying way. to chase Tried to chase Roberto Firmino's Brazilian scoring record, which is you know really hard to beat. Because uh, Richarlison is one of the best uh, youngsters in the Premier League, and 
I'm always happy to see uh I'm always happy to see more South America talent in in um in Europe in England especially. So Richardson is one of them. Yeah. Solid Evertonian player right now. Um next we have Gabriel Jesus. Now Gabriel Jesus is kind of touted as one the next big thing, there, but one of the next big strikers in yeah. world football, you know. Um once a backup to Sergio Aguero, now you know with Sergio Aguero gone, he could have been uh, the top scorer for Man City next year. He could be. Could have well, well we're gonna talk about that later when we go to the Euros. Yeah, we're gonna talk about someone, that. A certain English captain who is rumored to be. Oh yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Now, now apart from that, they have Vinicius Junior, which is a very uh, one youngster. <laughs> That he's the youngster that Brazil is banking on, I think. But so far, honestly, I have not been impressed by him. Um, but maybe if I could see more games, like uh, from what I've seen, um, and it's a small pool, I haven't been impressed. But it's like he got the marketing right from FIFA as well. Mm-hmm. He was. I think it's. Uh, I think it's the pressure. I think it's just. Uh, he's too. It's too early. <laughs> it's too early for him to be. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, to be an international sensation. Now, next, you know, they have the likes of Roberto Firmino, for Bobby Firmino, which is, you know, the highest scoring Brazilian in the Prem. Yeah. The Premier League, which is going to be fun. And, you me, know. Is it me or, like, I think Firmino and Richarlison, Gabriel Jesus, um, with the Premier League, from what I can say, is like Brazilian players. Usually have a a bit of a yay or nay experience with the Premier League. Yeah, uh, right now I think all three of them are kind of off. I mean, Firmino had nine Premier League goals, but we're used to seeing him in double digits. Richard is on red. He had seven, and you know that's coming off two seasons where he had double digits. So yeah, I, I understand your your point yeah. there because. Yeah, it's a hot and cold situation with South American players in general in the Premier League. I mean, we have someone as hot as Alexis Sanchez and Luis Suarez at one point, diba? Right? Yeah. And we also we can also have like the likes of Edison Cavani and Diego Forlan, who were uh, Diego Forlan, who was never able to heat it up in the Prem. And Cavani got his form at the end for Manchester. Yeah, Cavani got his form at the end, but yeah, it took a while. But yeah, Brazil is there. That's awesome. And we move to um, Venezuela now. Venezuela. Um, I'm not sh- apart from um, apart from knowing that I know this is Solomon Rondon's team. I mean, he's there. But I don't think he's here. Yeah, I doubt he's here. I don't think he's in the roster, and ah, yeah, he's not. And Thomas Rincon, their most experienced guy, is yeah. not in the roster as well. Um, but yeah, uh, Venezuela is a solid team. But you know, um, you're in South America. You're in one of the toughest football regions. You're gonna get your, you're gonna get your ass kicked every now and then. Um, if you're not named Uruguay, Chile, Brazil, Colombia, Argentina, <laughs> you're yeah. not in those, yeah. not in that top five realm. But hey, they have they were supposed to have Joseph Martinez from Atlanta United. Familiar with him, Derv? Oh no, no, no. I don't uh, actually, I think Steven is a bigger fan of the MLS than me. Joseph Martinez, let's just say na um 
uh, he got an ACL injury last 2020, so he wasn't able to play um, much of. But he did. He only played um, uh, three games in all of 2020 in the all of the, the previous season of MLS because he got an ACL there. Yeah. But before that, there he was scoring buckets. He has right now. He has 79 goals in 91 appearances. What? His Why best. Are... His best being 31 in 34 games. Wild. Which won them a which won them an MLS Cup. <laughs> won them an MLS Cup. And the yeah. year after, he had 27 in 29 games, which won them an Open Cup. The US Open Cup. So, <laughs> really, uh, one of the hottest strikers of the MLS. But unfortunately, he was injured. And if you're wondering, Derv, where he came from, he came from Torino. Before moving to Atlanta. Oh, there you go. And he came from the Swiss Super League. He wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't as uh, as hot in that in Europe. But you know, MLS needed uh, needed one needed a star, and you know, Josef Fertius was one of them. Really great player. Now I hope he regains his uh, scoring form. Right now he is he is uh, he has two goals in seven. You know, not bad, but that's not the form that. Uh, we're used to seeing but yeah anyway that's uh venezuela as much as we can stretch their talent uh let's talk, now let's go to ecuador ecuador um i always remember ecuador has um antonio valencia as their best player for a yeah. long time yeah, antonio valencia of I think did he come from Wigan then to Man United? Yeah, he did. Um, now apart from that, they have Ener Valencia, who's you know had that one hot season in the Premier League and then fizzled out the ne- the next few years. You know, imagine scoring double digits to one goal <laughs> next year, like yeah, from yeah. from uh, from zero to nothing. Oh no no no! Well, Ener Valencia had a uh, yeah. Ener Valencia had an up had an off Premier League season, and now he's in Fenerbahce. Still good. He's still in, in Europe. If you're still, still in, in Europe, Europe, and international form is better, way better than his, <laughs> way better mm-hmm. than his, um, club form because he has thirty-one and sixty-one in international competition. <laughs> and that's that's hot. That's that's he. That's a hot streak in there. But hey, they have a youngster named Gonzalo Plata, who's only twenty, but has five goals in fourteen for a midfielder. Yeah, and it's good. in Sporting CP, who's who recently won um, the Primera Liga in Portugal. Sporting He won a he won a trophy double, and in that age, really good. Maybe the next Sporting CP talent, you know, after Bruno Fernandes. Good, might be, might be. A yeah, yeah, yeah. No, might be, might be, might be. But like, we still have a few players that um, I think that's the thing with um, Portugal is that they now have a strong Portuguese base. Like teams, uh, the Portuguese Portuguese national team, and they also have a team B in Wolves. But <laughs> but but the, the, uh, those are there are some teams that are really good with signing. Young uh, uh, South American talent, and one of them is uh, what do you call this? One, uh, some of those are from Portugal, like Porto, Porto and 
Porto and Sporting CP being very prominent in getting uh, South American talent in there. Yeah, because it's easy actually because like it's a Portuguese-speaking country, Brazil, which has many talented youngsters uh, can go there. But also, um, I don't know why this teams and Atletico Madrid and a few teams from Italy are really good at um, getting the best players from uh, South America before they make it big time. Yeah, actually really great, uh, really great uh, observation there. Because they're hit and miss. Uh, I mean, yeah. getting players outside of Europe is always a hit and miss, big gamble for a lot of those teams. I think it also comes with the pressure. Yeah, definitely. Even whether it be whether it be South America, Africa, or Asia, now nah, whether whether they get them or not, uh, whether whatever region they get them, it's the pressure for me that gets there. The ones who adopt to that pressure are the ones that shine in Europe. And now we go to Peru. Last but not the least, Peru has been a really solid team, although they're with they they don't have. Their star in Jeffrey, they don't have um, stars like Jefferson Farfan and Paolo Guerrero, who are old, who are about yeah. close to retirement, but they are the, they are you know in a way they're shining stars in um, in Peru. They're their best players yeah. now, but now they have Yoshimar Yotun from who's playing in Mexico. They have Christian Cueva. They have Andre Carrillo, who's now in now playing in the Middle East. But yeah. Peru is one of those teams that can cause upsets. They're kind of like Paraguay. Na. They're really good. Underrated good. And yeah. Yeah. they have a chance to always get uh, get something out of their out of their competition. Okay. But now let's talk. Uh, let's talk about um, we talk about players, we talk about star players. Now what uh, was there any were there any surprise in the Copa America Derf? Worth noting. Um. I expected it to be Argentina and Brazil at the end. But so, yeah. sadly, look at the brackets. Let's look at the brackets. Where is the bracket? Where is the bracket? Well, if there was one thing I'm disappointed yeah, at, is that uh, Colombia lost. I, I know, Uruguay lost to Colombia in penalties. Yeah. <clears throat> I would understand Brazil, uh, Chile losing to Brazil because, you know, that's a, yeah, big, the big, big, boy, uh, that's a big boy match right there. Yeah, and Chile is not as young now um, yeah, I mean, as the team that they have because they're. I think most of their stars are really are old at in the early thirties, which same is same as Uruguay, I guess. I think you can yeah, argue yeah. Uruguay. Uruguay, Uruguay is one of those teams now compared yeah. to Chile. I think yeah, Uruguay and Chile are out of their prime, going out out of their prime. Now. I mean. Luis Suarez proved to us that he's still in his. He still he can still score twenty if he wants to, like you know, with yeah, Atletico. Yeah. But well, Barcelona deemed him old, so they sold him to Atletico, and now he he won them the La Liga. Yeah, they basically sold a trophy to yeah, Atletico yeah. Madrid. But yeah, happy for it. By the way, uh, I'm happy for Diego Simeone, who's still their manager after all these years. You know, he's a very yeah, successful yeah. guy. Um, yeah, uh, surprising. Sur- no surprises beyond the, actually, it's beyond, Peru. You know, well, Peru. actually, Peru, I think 2019, Peru were the uh, runner ups, right? I think they were, yeah. Oh, yeah, Peru was the runner up. 
Yeah, but um, yeah, I expected Argentina and Brazil because I think they're at the point. Argentina are at the point na they want they to, win to win for Messi, and Brazil wants to win something now. For Neymar, because Neymar wasn't part of their 2019. Yeah, and but it the, was Coutinho and Firmino who actually, you know, shine for that one. Yeah, but this tournament. Um, before we go to who won the best player of the tournament, wink, wink, was dominated by one man. And you can see the awards was dominated by that man as well. Hey, so, no, no biggie. <laughs> kidding. No biggie. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, be, before we go to, like, we talk about that person, I think the surprises and the results we're going to talk about, uh, no, he's, we're going to talk about that person last, I think. Yeah, we're going to go to the results now. Now, um, for third place, Peru was able to make it to the semis again, which is pretty cool. I mean, they got semis back-to-back in yeah. consecutive Copa Americas. And you can see how yeah. <laughs> you can see how, uh, how hungry they are. I mean, they, as they said, uh, the likes of Peru and Paraguay are the ones that can cause upsets. And, you know, Peru and Paraguay, coincidentally, were, were facing each other on the quarter finals. Of the tournament, yeah. and you know, one of them will face Brazil, and they almost got there to the final. You but know, actually, Brazil yeah. destroyed them in the group stages four nil. Yeah. So losing okay. one nil when it matters is a big step forward. Yeah, big step there. Imagine if they were able to score a goal there, they would have scared Brazil to. Uh, they would have scared Brazil enough to go to penalties. Yeah. <laughs> Which I felt would have been the outcome. Um, but hey, third place playoff, Colombia got third over Peru 3-2. Very competitive game in that sense. Uh, Luis Diaz won on extra time on 94th, 94th minute. So, yeah. touch on that. Very clutch. Avoided extra time. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. I don't like, uh, I kind of don't like games reaching extra time, but thank God it's not one of them. But let's go to the final. Wait, wait. Before the we final go to the is- final. We go to the psych out moment, uh, which led to the finals, which was Colombia won third place, right? But yeah. they were dropped into the battle for third and fourth because of the heroics of Emmy Martinez, a former Arsenal player now for Aston Villa, who shined mm. um, during his see uh, during his last season for Arsenal and now is one of the top keepers in England. Um, which was which I'm really happy for, even though he got stopped being the number two in Arsenal during his stay there, and now he's shining as the number one for, I think yeah. See, if I could remember correctly, um, he's with Aston Villa. Yeah, he's with Aston, right, Villa. Aston Villa. Yeah, but he's now. I'm happy for whatever heights he is reaching, and that psych out on Yerimina and the other players. I think I shared it to you and Steven and the other guys in one of the chat groups, right? Yeah. And let's just say that psych out to Yeremina was like the work, the uh, the best timing he could ever do it because it just destroyed his confidence in getting that, uh, in taking that penalty. And, you know, Emmy Martinez just read him like a book on that on that shot. And Emmy Martinez really- is one of the best penalty stoppers right mm-hmm. now. He he won the FA Cup with Arsenal in a penalty shootout if I remember correctly. Yeah, but yeah, Emmy Martinez is really 
one of uh, a really great prospect. I mean, he's been out for a while. I mean, he's been with Arsenal for a long time. You know, um, been out on loan for various teams. Now he's get. Now he has the chance to shine in. No, no, no. It's not a penalty shootout. Sorry, sorry. It was ah. a goal. It actually, Aubameyang. I remember now who won it, but um, the, I think there was a yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, no, where was that? I think was it in the uh, in the community shield? I think it was. Might have been. He is a yeah, was, three-time community, community shield keeper. Yeah. So, yeah, he's won a couple of community shields on that. But yeah, Emmy Martinez, solid keeper. Really, uh, finally, uh, I'm happy to see him uh, finally get a full-time starting position after years with Arsenal. I mean. The years in Arsenal shaped him to be a really good keeper, though. So, like, and yeah, you know, of course, he was an FA Cup keeper. So, yeah. Yeah. awesome. Awesome. He at least won a trophy before moving to find his own feet. <laughs> okay, now yeah, we go to, of course, the best players. Yeah, best of course we go to, now we go to the big boy. Um, the best player, top scorer, best assist man, you know, most assists in the tournament. Um, and the greatest player of all time. Now we can say, now we can say, yeah. Okay, do you guys have one, one, we now have one international trophy each. <laughs> now the <laughs> argument can now be evened out. Okay. Yeah. Now Lionel Messi, let's just say that Lionel Messi has not had a very fun international career compared to other football legends, you know? <laughs> let's, let's say that we can compare him to Maradona. People always compare him to Maradona. Maradona is a World Cup winner and, you know, is the guy who became the god of Napoli. <laughs> yeah. And yeah but, but the thing is with, um, with Maradona, he's a good player, but he has one more. Um, there are players that really win stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, and I think if it weren't for whatever personal demons he was facing, he could have gotten uh, a way more, a way, a bigger career. Yeah, but but with no, with um, I think with um, if you compare Maradona and Messi, Messi is definitely the better player in my opinion. Yeah, Messi is more consistent in terms of like everything else. You know, he may not have won the World Cup yet, but you know, Messi is a is a shining example of you know one of football's most consistent football's greatest players and yeah, you know, definitely, definitely the best player right now i won't argue with anyone he's still in the top three dur- during any season and he's still the best player in the world of all time in my opinion um cristiano ronaldo and messi have surpassed pele in my opinion because their goals are recorded, and, and they're yeah, and the back. fact that they're playing both playing in elite European and elite world level competition in higher level competition than whatever than the stars of the previous century. Yeah, are so worth noting there. Um, but yeah, uh, Messi now is a Champions League winner, three time, four time Champions League winner, a ten time La Liga winner. One, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then La Liga winner, multi time. Now he's he is an Olympic gold medalist. He is now a he finally got his senior international trophy and hats off to him. He carried it. He carried the team there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. tournament. He carried the team there, and you know, Angel Maria, Angel Maria also did his job. You know, Angel yeah, yeah. Maria he won the Angel Di Maria, even though he's going up there in age, 
um, is still a contributing factor to PSG. And he was a, basically a forgotten man because people thought he was like starting to get old, but he still has a, and rem- people remember um, who don't, if people are not aware of the French League, um, they'll still remember most likely the Angel Di Maria from Manchester United days, which was... Yeah, but Angel Di Maria in PSG has been pretty good. And Real Madrid has been good, but uh, most of the people who don't follow the French leagues right now just will just remember that horrendous Angel Di Maria stint in Man for, in Man United with Man yeah, United. Okay, really impressive showing for Argentina, and I'm happy for I'm happy that Marie Angel Di Maria also got his redeeming moment because for me it's not just for Messi, like it's for the past pains like Aguero, Higuain there. I mean, they're not there in the team, but you know, at least. I think Aguero least, uh, was in the team, who? but the I think it was. They really had to get Higuain out of the team just to win anything. They were kind of cursed on that aspect. But hey, um, also worth noting, um, Lautaro Martinez has been also a yeah, yeah. great youngster for um, youngster for. Argentina, especially you know, he's fresh off winning a fresh off winning a, a Serie A trophy with Inter, yeah. and now he's uh, he's the apple of the eye for um, he's the apple of the eye for a lot of big clubs because hey, he's young, he's a great scorer, he's a great forward, great winger, but that I mean, and you know, lots of potential, and you know, he could go beyond Serie A. But I, for me, I would like to for him to stay in Inter a bit more around longer. Because I think, you know, I want to see Inter, you know, I want to see the Milan clubs back, you know. Um, we grew up there in Milan with Milan supremacy, with AC and Inter. Well, it was mostly AC then Inter, right? But It was AC in the Champions League, it was Inter in the Serie A. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, um, I think early parts were AC, um, yeah. especially after the Juventus scandal. It was AC because of the Shevchenko, Kaka days, and then the Inter dynasty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now it's back to like Juve, and now they broke it. So Juve never won a Champions League, so the Milan era is, I don't know, so much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good segue actually, Jude, that we're talking about Italy for the next section. But oh yeah, okay. Now <clears throat> we're done with Copa America. But before we move there, um, I think we have to we have to do a little plugs, a few few plugs we need. Um, I think we can do back to back plugs in this one since I wasn't able to plug earlier. Now, let me just uh, bring this up. We have a Comicsology ten dollar gift card giveaway, not sponsored by Amazon, of course. And the goal is for us to reach one thousand likes on Facebook and get one hundred followers on Twitch. Now. To get the to be eligible for the one ten dollar gift card giveaway, on Twitch you just have to follow us. Awesome, we're uh, we're kind of growing our channel there. We're streaming our episodes there. We would like to make gaming content there as well soon. But for Facebook, you have to like our like our page, um, comment on the pin post, and the comment should be um, mention any comic book related guests from our previous episodes. You can take a look at our Spotify. You can take a look at our previous uh, videos on Facebook to check which are who are who were our previous guests in our previous episodes, and that's it. Um, guys. Yeah. Next one is a um, 
What is this? Our next plug is I'm kind of lost. Okay, next up is a Shopee payday sale. Now, payday, the payday sale I think happened a few days ago. I think there the sale is still ongoing. There's some uh, items up for sale. Shopee is always a great place for retail therapy, uh, buying stuff on sale, big, huge, uh, huge discount prices, and you can uh, help the podcast by using our affiliate link. Uh, tinyurl.com slash shoppytgj you can get various deals and you know you can get a nice deal in Shopee while supporting the podcast awesome there so yeah, yeah. thank you for that and now we move with Jude move. Um, before before we go um, I like that um, you can help the podcast the, my friends at the Geeky Ones via the uh, via the Shopee link but I want to help now you guys reach a thousand likes so, um, I think um, this is off the script, but um, I would like to help you. Uh, if you want to, guys, uh, spread the word <laughs> the word of the geeky ones. Um, I would like them to reach a thousand likes soon. Um, right now, it's at nine hundred thirty-two or nine hundred thirty-one, right? Yep. Okay, around that around that range, we're getting there. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. help the geeky ones reach. A thousand likes, and the prize. I don't know how Jude and Steven will. Well, a oh, you're gonna unveil it. Okay, well, surprise on that. Yeah, he get them to one thousand likes, and you can and win guys, this boy's Homelander pop. You get a nice little Homelander. You know, you get home. You get Homelander to come home to you if you yeah. get us to one thousand likes. And be the star of your home. Now, of course, you can only get you can only be eligible once again. Just like the page, comment on the pin post. Um, a guest, a previous comic book related guest. There's a lot of them, and you can check our check our Facebook. You can check our Spotify for that once again. Yeah. Okay, now we go to Euro 2020 and Derb. This is one of this is a really. Uh, I think this is one of the most excited. This is arguably this year's most exciting football tournament. Definitely, really I think good. this is the first time that the Euros had an was open nuts. field of more than eight teams that can win it all. Yeah, they, this was the years. most competitive um, yeah. Euros in a long time. I said there was a chat. There's a chance that the big with the previous World Cup winners couldn't wouldn't even get a chance at sniffing the trophy, and turns out. Uh, some of them didn't, so yeah. we're talking there. Okay, now Euro 2020. Let's just get this going by talking about teams. There's a lot of teams. Um, of course, European Euro Euro Europe European continent. Europe is a bigger continent. There's more teams that are competing. Yeah, uh, let's, get powerhouse to, teams. let's go to Group A and talk about Italy. Now, Italy, ha- before this, has been on a 29. Un- t- 29 game unbeaten streak. I think 29 or 30 unbeaten game streak. Yeah. I think they've, been, they've been on a tear since 2018, and that's thanks to um, Roberto Mancini. Yeah, thanks um, to Roberto Mancini. And Roberto Mancini is a very solid manager who has won multiple achievements. He helped Man City win their first Premier League trophy. You know, first yeah. Premier League trophy. Modern Premier League trophy in in twenty twelve, you know, with the help of a little clutch magic from Sergio Aguero. 
Yeah. Now let's look at their um let's look at their Italian roster. Now, one thing worth noting is uh their keeper, you know, we're always used to seeing Gianluigi Buffon as their starting keeper. It's like a constant fix fixture. It's like when we had when they had Paolo Maldini, deba right? on yeah, their central yeah. defense. Um, you know, it, and Andrea Pirgo on their center midfield. Now those three guys are now happily retired. Um I happily retired for international duty and some of them retired from football. Uh Pirgo and Maldini of course retired from football. Uh is Buffon still in PSG, if I recall correctly? I think he went back to Juventus and I think he retired. Anyway, yeah. Okay, now but despite that, they still have one Jan Luigi Donnarumma, who's only 22, and if you recall correctly, remember Derv, he started as a as a 16-year-old. Yeah, he's been playing for six years. Yeah, and he's, Donnarumma is the type of uh, player that if you have goalkeeper goalkeeper problems, or you just want a goalkeeper that will grow into a 90 90 rated one, you know, a goalkeeper that you'll never replace throughout your FIFA career mode. Yeah, you just buy him and you don't replace him. Um, if you got him when he was 16 years old, you could have saved him until he was 40, and you would be set for for club success, for goalkeeper success, for yeah, life. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, John Luigi Donnarumma now a PSG keeper. He was a free agent, I think, uh, during the tournament. If yeah, I yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and his backup is Salvatore Sirigu, who's a former PSG keeper as well. I think was yeah. he. And yeah, Sirigu yeah. is a veteran keeper and really solid. If not, if it were not for you know Buffon being there, Sirigu would have been a really great keeper, uh, starting keeper for Italy as well. Yeah. So. It's and they have, the they have another young so. keeper with Alex Meret, who's been uh, getting starting the starting position in Napoli. Yeah, and well, well, it's always the Germans and Italians who have the best keepers so. and the players that last the longest in terms <laughs> yeah. of age. Um, okay, defenders, of course, we have the legendary Giorgio Carini and Leonardo Bonucci, yeah. who are um, the two old, the two elder statesmen of Italy, and the two defenders have taken the mantle of the old Italian defender in the yeah. Italian national team. I mean, they always need that to have to be successful, and I think that's the that's one thing that they were missing before. Veterans, uh, they were missing a few veteran well, there, defenders. There, there's something with German, uh, no German, Italian players that I don't know why, but they're typically late bloomers. I know Kielinia they're way be- they're, they're, like, they're like the best players at third in their 30s, like, yeah. You know, um, I think, uh, yeah, really great players when they become 30 years old. <laughs> 30 is their 20 in, in that yeah. sense. Um, but, you know, Donnarumma is one of the few exceptions that are just exploding yeah. at a very young age. Yeah, and, um, this, okay. and this team as well also had, like, Spinazzola, Fiorenzi. Alessandro Fiorenzi has bounced around multiple positions. He was a winger. Yeah. Now, he was a, now, he's a, now he's a fullback. Finally found a nice little position there um, in Roma. And yeah. we also have, um, yeah. We also have Franco Acerbi, a veteran who may not have played as much international games, but is a veteran in the Serie A. You know, always yeah. great addition to that. Now, we're in the midfield position. Now, there one thing worth noting in the midfield position is that this is their, one of their youngest positions. 
None. Yeah, which is no one, refreshing. No one, in, no, one, uh, no one reaching 30 yet. Uh, I think Georgino is the closest one reaching 30. And Virginia is their most veteran, along with um. Did they have um? Oh, they didn't have uh. Was the, I'm looking for one um. I'm for ah. They have Marco Verratti. Verratti and uh Georgino are pretty much their shining players here. Verratti has been really good for PSG for a long time. Yeah. And people forget. I think it's like uh people forget that you know League One is a really good, really good league. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. League we'll forget that, like, you know. Yeah, they call, some people call it the Farmers League, but it's now better. It's not a Farmers League because no, it, it's not a Farmers League. People farm talent from that. <laughs> that yeah, 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 that's why. But um, the, na- the name here that comes into mind is Manuel Locatelli, who's now. Um, the rumors say he's going to Juventus, but Arsenal is also keeping an eye. I'm not. I think Manuel um, Locatelli was the one that got. Uh, I think. He, I saw him get a bid from one of the big clubs. I think it was Juventus, and the Sassuolo rejected it outright. So, yeah, because like they're saying um, that now um, Juventus were really in the driver's seat, but now that they um I forgot who told it. I was reading the transfer news because I'm a gunner, and I think Arsenal is still hoping for that Locadelli deal. Um, yeah, I think if ever he would transfer out, worth noting, I think he would be going not in not in another Italian club because I don't think Sassuolo would even want that. Yeah, but it's in Juventus. But the thing here is now, I think from the last update that Juve, um, now no Arsenal is just a risk to look at his transfer to Juve, but now it's a concern. They're growing into levels. I think they've evolved into a concern, but I still doubt that Arsenal is going to get him. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, about time, especially Locatelli is in an age where you know he's just about to blow up. In yeah. terms of, uh, it's a make or break year. Um, they also have great talent uh, apart from Locatelli, Verratti, and Jorginho. They have uh, Matteo Piscina, who's in Atlanta, Atlanta just starting yeah. his international career. Nico Barella, who's an Inter player, fresh yeah. off winning a trophy in Inter. And let's go to their attacking talent. Now, their attacking, attacking talents, talents are not bad. Because it's led... They're not bad. Their attacking talents are not bad. Their attacking talent is a mix of uh, experienced players. A lot. Yeah, and should we start um, with the person? I'm sorry, I'm not, What? Sorry, sorry. Should we start with the person who has the most ironic name in all of football because of how he plays? Um, well, no, no, no. We start with... Uh, we start with... Uh, let's start Andrea with... Andrea Federico Bernardeschi from Juventus. Let's start with yeah, the Juve okay. boys. Okay. Federico Bernardeschi, um, young but quite experienced now. Has a few yes. years on the Juve. You know, uh, has won a few. Bernardeschi, always a dependable forward for uh, midfielder, forward for Juventus. Um, and has been, uh, has been a really solid player for them for a while. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, next, we have the youngster, Federico Chiesa, who is a, um, the son of a, the son of Enrico Chiesa, a very yeah. strong player. Of it. Uh, this guy has been, um, this guy has uh, recently gone, was recently gone to Juventus, now has won the Coppa, won the Coppa Italia, and has been shining, uh, has been a shining youngster for Fiorentina previous, uh, 
Next, we, I was taking a look at his uh, father's achievements, and his father was pretty uh, solid as a player, and you know, also a Fiorentina player. Um, next, we have um, Domenico Berardi, who has been um, Sassuolo's one of Sassuolo's best uh, players in the years. You know, yeah. he's been there for a long time. He's only twenty-six. It feels like he has been there. He's a one-club man so far. And he has been playing since 2012, and he has been blazing the goals. He's close to 100 Serie A goals for his career. Yeah. And then with um, this is actually a really good team because it's like Italy is really a low key team if you think about it. Even though there's still- yeah. yeah, in terms yeah. of their how their talent is there. Yeah. So yeah, Domenico Berardi. Who has been on and off run previous years? Now he has back to back years of double digits, but one thing worth noting. And now yeah. you go to Andrea Bagotti, who has been. The guy who celebrates like this. I don't know why he celebrates like that, like a chicken. But hey, it's uh, it's uh, it's fun. <laughs> For me, I, I enjoy unique celebration. It's it's fun. Yeah, but yeah, yeah Bellotti okay. has been good. I, I actually signed him on FIFA because he was actually linked to Arsenal before. <laughs> Yeah, but still, still a really capable player. Yeah, always score has always scored double digits in with with Torino. Has always been one of the best yeah. uh, best Italian strikers. Kind of the same age range as Berardi as well. You know? Yeah. Nah, they're one. They're pretty much uh, they're the club staples. Yeah, they're club staples now, but they're like before they were like. I remember when they were twenties and twenty years old, and I'm like. I feel old now and looking at they're already 27 I feel old as well More. yeah I mean kind of I, I like that they've grown into their clubs they've stayed and they've committed to uh yeah. hey in a while next we have Lorenzo Insigne who is a who is you know always who is always very prominent for you know being one of the shorter players in the in yeah. Europe um but yeah Lorenzo Insigne very uh veteran um a, very, a veteran player for Napoli who has won, yeah, helped yeah. them win a couple of trophies, a couple of uh, two Coppa Italias, and you know, really great winger, really great winger. Yeah, now yeah. we have to, uh, I think we have to speed up a bit. Now we have, let's go to the ironic name, ironically named Ciro Ciro Immobile. Yeah, because the guy racks up goals in Italy in Syria. And he's a fast like, player for his last name. Yeah. <laughs> He for a name for for someone named Immobile, he's pretty quick and a very prolific guy. And yeah, that's Italy. And now we go to um, I think we just talk about the top contender teams at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah. Um, Switzerland for me is a very always an okay. Derv, I know I know what happened to Switzerland in this tournament, but for me, Switzerland is always the underrated nation that has a spring of young talent. Yeah, and all they need is to shape. To have one big win against a big team, and we're gonna talk about that later. And and you know, they, just that they just needed that and get far in a tournament. Yeah, Switzerland is that team that always qualifies for the knockout stages. Um, but never gets that, that far. far. <laughs> it never gets that far, but you get amazed at who can they, they can beat or they can yeah. score. We, we always who they beat. They're always the they're always that European team that could 
give scares to anyone. Yeah. Um, okay, next up, Group B. Belgium and Denmark are, of course, the uh, the, the top teams here. Now, one thing worth noting is Russia was disappointing in this tournament. Yeah, and also Denmark started off, I think it was in their first game, Christian Eriksson fell down because of, I don't know, a previous heart condition, I think. Yeah, which was really scary. Yeah. But yeah, um, despite that, you know, Denmark was able to reach. Denmark was able to squeak by the tournament. Really yeah. cool. Um, really great composure from them. Great uh, great heart from uh, from Denmark. And Belgium, though. Uh, Belgium has Lukaku. Has the has, has, did they have the Hazards at Torben yeah. Eden? They yeah. have uh, Thomas Munier. They have, um, of course, they have their keeper, Courtois, <laughs> as their I mean, you know, I think for me, Courtois is now much better in Belgium than his club form. <laughs> for Real, definitely. Yeah, uh, Real hasn't been uh, on fire. And Kevin De Bruyne, of course, best Premier League player for the think last few years. Kevin De Bruyne is the best, is a better player now. Ever since, uh, even if, uh, even when Hazard was in the Premier League, I think De Bruyne was a better player than Hazard. Yeah, well-rounded player as well. Um, yeah. And now for Group B, though, Belgium and Denmark were the ones who made it. Of course, we know what happened yeah. there. Um, next up is Group C. Now, Netherlands. Netherlands, because uh, for me, they're a young, young team. One of the things yeah. that their problem was is that they didn't have the veterans anymore. They didn't have the Robins. They didn't have the Stekelenbergs. They didn't have the Dirk Kamp, the Van Persies. Uh, the Van Persies of old to guide them. But... Uh, I'm happy that they're able to find their way. Yeah, but they're actually the really strong, considering yeah. they didn't have Vincent Van Dijk. They don't have, yeah, they don't have Van Dijk, but they had Wijnaldum carrying them for Memphis. Yeah, yeah they but, but they also Wars. have Frankie De Jong and Matthias De Ligt, who's Matthias De Ligt is the most expensive, I think, defender. One of the most the expensive defender area. now, and if he ever gets another big transfer, probably the most expensive now of all time, uh, soon. Now, we, next up, we have um, Austria. Austria with David Alaba. Yeah. Getting there with age, but, you know, hard carry for uh, hard carry for us, Austria right there. Yeah, Marko Arnautovic is still there. Marko Arnautovic, well. you know, former club reject, former big club reject, was now shining elsewhere. You know, every now and then he gets his big... Uh, he gets He's in China now. He's playing for Stoke. I remember he played for Stoke. He's a guy who uh, goes nuts in, mid, in mid-table clubs. Yeah. And people love him for that. Um, uh, next, we have uh, Ukraine. Ukraine has been, you know, Ukraine has been up and down previous years now, but they made it to the group stages and they made it to the knockout phases. Yeah, we're gonna explain now, how they got into, even though they were third later. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's a complicated uh, matter for uh, a way matter for this one. It's yeah. a matter of I think goal differences and points coming into play. Recall yeah. correctly. Okay. Yeah, now for that group, Netherlands, Austria, and Ukraine made the knockout phase. North Macedonia, you know, it's basically a farewell to Goran Pandev, who has yeah. been a really, really great international player for them for the longest time. Next up, yeah. we have Group D. And it's coming wow, home. Wow. Group D, England, who has had, you know, we know England, Raheem Sterling, Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho. Um, yeah. And the yeah, emergence yeah. of Bukayo Saka. Bukayo Saka coming off the best play- Arsenal player of the season. Season, I mean, being Arsenal's best player. Um, yeah, uh, a great load of young talent and veterans mixing it up together. Uh, who is their keeper? Worth noting. 
Uh, I couldn't remember. It wasn't. It wasn't. No, no, no. I think Nick Pope. Joe Hart is no longer a starting keeper for England. Sadly. Yeah, I think it was Nick Pope or Pickford. Wait. Uh let me let me check. Oh yeah, it was Pickford. It was Pickford. Yeah, Jordan Pickford. Pickford, a long time great. So uh, a really great Arsenal keeper. Now next is Croatia. No, 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 no. Everton keeper. Pickford. Oh, yeah. Nick Pope oh. wasn't in the team, so it's a Rams oh, yeah. day. Actually, yeah. <clears throat> All right, next is Croatia, previous World Cup second placers. Uh, now, for me, I think the problem of Croatia is that they're old. They're old, yeah. they're old as hell. Mandzukic is no longer there. That's a sign. Perisic is still there. It's probably their youngest old guy. Youngest guy in, the 30, in their 30s. But they have Luka Modric, who's uh, happy for him to beat Ronaldo and Messi for Ballon d'Or at that. Yeah, he's the uh, own, the first player to break the Messi Ronaldo streak of player of the years. I would have should have been um it have been, um, it should have been Neuer who could have broken that one year. Yeah, but it's like they're prime, they're prime. <laughs> it's tough as hell. Anyway, um Euro twenty twenty, uh England, Croatia, Czech Republic. Now Czech Republic is uh a big surprise of this tournament for me. We're for talking about surprises. Let's just talk about surprises. I think, apart from whatever Switzerland did <laughs> in the knockout stages, definitely. Czech Republic was uh, was for me like a team that was okay, but you know didn't stand out. And until some guy named Patrick Schick decided to carry their their backs. Yeah, that guy is good. Patrick Schick is good. Um, he was one of the most hyped up prospect strikers before the emergence of. One Holland, <laughs> one, one airy brute Holland. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, one airy brute Holland. Pero, uh, like the Terminator that he is bursted onto the scene. Yeah. Now we go to uh Sweden. Uh, uh, we go to Group E, but I mean Sweden, Spain, Slovakia, Poland. Now Poland, did they have uh, Lewandowski here? I think they did. Oh God. Uh, anyway, uh, Poland has always been a great disappointment for me. <laughs> They've always been disappointing. Yeah, actually, think no surprises. It was actually for me. It was Poland. Oh well. Um, okay, I'm not surprised that Poland did bad in in uh, in international play because they've always done it. Like remember 2018 Derv? They could have gotten a group stage. They could have gotten yeah. the group stage in the World Cup, but they sucked. Now they're sucking even more, despite having um, the best player of 2020, Robert Lewandowski. Yeah. The best player during the pandemic. Ah, the best player in the first half of the pandemic, you know, Lewandowski. Yeah, yeah. But hey, that's not that doesn't matter because you have Sweden and Spain. Sweden has been a good team. They've, Sweden is one of the Scandinavian. Is well, arguably the best Scandinavian team because yeah. they've always gotten. Uh, they they always have a talent. They always have talent that can cause big results. Go deep into the tournaments. You know, get the semi. Get the get that. Quarterfinal, semi-final appearance every now and then. Yeah, yeah. they have Emil Forsberg, who's RB Leipzig's one best, one of RB Leipzig's best players. You know, yeah, our favorite, yeah. our favorite German club, Derf. No, I'm kidding. No, 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 no. I'm a Dortmund fan in Germany. Yeah, I'm not kidding. You know, Rasenball. Yeah, I think you can support Rasenball Sport Leipzig. <laughs> anyway, one thing that I love here in this group is Spain finally coming back. Yeah. Uh, Spain has been in a weird spot, but now they're you know, there's their spring, their fountain of youth has been uh, has been 
delivering dividends for them. Has been paying dividends for them. Uh, you know, uh, they've been getting more. Their young talent has is now blooming into whatever Spain was before. They're in that state that they're gonna get good in the next three to four years. Yeah. Now we go to our uh, final group. What? Yes, Derv. Uh, and surprisingly, they have the best possession stats. So, well, they played the most possession, but well, I can say that Spain has been doing that for like almost two decades now. Possession yeah. football is their uh, calling card. Now we go to Group F, last group: um, France, Germany, Portugal, and death. Hungary. Uh, now Hungary. Now let's not talk about Hungary. They've been uh, they've been awful. On the pitch, and they've been awful as as fans. Yeah, they've been abusing. Uh, they've been abusing players. They've been abusing their what wherever they are. So like, let's just not talk about whatever yeah, Hungary is doing. Most of their good players, including their best young talent, Dominic Sobosly, wasn't even on the team because of injuries. Yeah. Anyway, they're they're out of this equation now. We have Portugal. Of course, you know, whenever you have Ronaldo, they always have a chance in winning something. Yeah, but they always get destroyed by Germany. I don't know yeah, why. Well, but Portugal has a habit of being destroyed by four goals. Uh, with, by four goals by Germany. I don't know why it happened. I think it happened in the World Cup. Yeah, well. I think it did. It, they got just uh, ste- stepped on by Germany. Now... But uh, let's talk about Portugal. Young, um, despite Ronaldo being there, they have talent to they have talent for the future. Yeah, that's one thing worth noting. They have um, they have uh, they have the they have the Wolverhampton Wanderers, <laughs> uh, which is <laughs> their B team. Which, uh, they have Bruno Fernandes in Manu, who has been really really good for them. They have they have um, Bernardo Silva, who has also been going up in. In the in the in the prem, yeah. Uh, they have Andre Silva, who's finally who's finally found his form in Germany. Thank God, because yeah, I was yeah. scared of him being a flop in Europe. I don't want. Yeah, to, I don't want is to be a good one. Uh, they have Gonzalo Guedes, who's I'm hoping yeah. to be uh, to shine. Ren. Diogo I Hota, think, who was uh, I think Liverpool's biggest surprise last season. Diogo Hota. Yeah, and also um, Ruben Neves from Wolves. But the thing is here. Is Joao Moutinho in his age is still performing? Renato Sanchez is back on form. I think. Yeah, Renato Sanchez. We forget about this guy. Now he's just twenty-three years old. He's a, he has a lot of years to just redeem himself, if ever. Yeah, because I think he went into the Premier League and had a bad time there, and he got forgotten. But with Lille being, I think Lille won the. Sorry, uh, the league on last se- last season, right? The one that happened just now. I think, yeah, with the Lille's win, um, his name grew in stature again. Hi, Jude. Hello. Yeah. Okay. I got I got disconnected for a bit, so apologies. But yeah, they have a lot of young talent. Now, uh, Ruben Neves. Is around the same age as uh, near the same age range as Renato Sanchez, and they're like the future of the Portuguese midfield. Yeah, and yeah. I like that pairing a lot, especially. And like- holy crap, they have Jao Felix, who just finally, uh, who's you know now growing into a capable player in Atletico Madrid, and you know fresh yeah. off winning a La Liga. 
And that's one thing worth noting. Um, Yo, Gohota has been a pleasant surprise for Liverpool last season. But they got him from the B team of Portugal. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, let's just talk about Yogo Dagot, who has been who's a youngster in Ruben Diaz in Manchester City has been proving himself yeah. to be a really great player. Yeah, Diaz Semedo is, the- is a you know another emerging one and um yeah, really, really solid uh, youngster there, youngsters in Portugal, and that's gonna be they're just gonna get better. I mean, with yeah. or without, I think if Ronaldo retires, I think this is gonna be a very uh, it's still gonna be a strong team, yeah. Portugal, yeah. and now next we have Germany. Now, Germany has been in a weird, weird rut internationally because they did they failed to they failed to show up in Euro 2016, they failed to show up even more in the world. Yeah, fuck that shit. Sorry for cursing. I hated that performance. I think Jude got disconnected again. Hi, Jude. Okay, I got disconnected again, but hey, I'm back. Apologies for oh, right. I just had to re refill my connection there. But hey, um, Germany has not been the best team for the past few tournaments because you know they've not um. They've not shown up. They've failed to they failed to replicate their form in Euro 2016. They got destroyed by Son Heung Min. And then, Jude, yeah, please don't don't remind me of those days. Yeah, but hey, they're, but hey, uh, worth noting that they're back in they're back in good form. Um, yeah, and they once have again they have their youngsters. Because I think yeah, they really um, have Jude. Sorry, 2018 and 2016. They're Golden generation, the core of their golden generation 2014 World Cup winning team was starting to get old, starting to get yeah. for them to get be injury prone. But now they have, you know, Germany is one of those teams that have uh, youngsters for like a decade worth, a decade's worth of youngsters to choose. So yeah, they're definitely. like France, they're like France that they have a spring of talent to just, uh, hey, can you be a can you be a German national team member for this one? Okay, yeah, we can try. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, if it works, it works. Um, but hey, they have the likes of Kai Havertz who recently won a Champions League. I know they're you don't like Chelsea, but hey, Timo Werner and Kai Havertz are their youngsters. Kevin Voland, who I wish had more German Germany appearances, but you know, over they're way better players in Germany than Kevin Voland, sadly. Um, there's Thomas Muller, my favorite German player of all time, you know, always fundamentally sound, always a professional, a true professional in this game. Um, next, we have midfielders, Lira Sane. Sane has been uh, back in Germany, you know, after a weird dispute in Manchester City. He's now in, he's now a Bayern Munich guy. Leon Goretzka, uh, you know, people hate him for leaving Salta. I, I suggest people looking at Leon Goretzka when he was still, what, 20 and 21 and see how his body changed when he started, uh, when he got signed by Bayern and to now. That's where I'm sure okay. you're going to get amazed by how his body looks right now. Yeah, okay. Next, they have Sergei Nabri, former Arsenal, former Gunner, uh, now, shining in, now shining in Bayern Munich, uh, you know, Champions League winner. Awesome guy, and we have of course Joshua Kimmich. Now I like Joshua Kimmich is uh, I think 
for me is uh if if Thomas Muller is a strong profession for me Kimmich is like one of those guys one the same build yeah Joshua Kimmich is kind of like he got into that he he's Philip Lam 2.0 because he both started at uh right backs and then because of their systems they became forced. defensive midfielders yeah, yeah, they became defensive midfielders Okay, now uh, let's look at their defenders. Matthias Ginter, solid for Dortmund always. Mats Hummels, ah, Matthias Ginter pala for Mönchengladbach. Mats yeah, Hummels, who's back in, uh, back in Dortmund, Dortmund after, after, um, after betraying them and joining Munich for like yeah. uh, half a decade. Um, Nicolas Zul, who has been, uh, uh, I think he had a rough start in his young career because he was injured a number of times. Yeah, but he's still, he's good and he's like, I'm happy, I, I'm, happy see him, no, no. I'm happy to see him. I'm happy to see his name here. Uh, Emery Chan, who's been, who's now in uh, Borussia Dortmund as well, highly touted uh, defender. Yeah. Robin Gossens, who has been uh, a shining revela- a revelation here in this tournament. Well, and of course, we have Atalanta. Great year as well. That's why the yeah, Manuel Neuer. We have Bernd Leno and Kevin Trapp, veteran keepers with great, uh, great. You know, German keepers are like. Top tier, yeah. And Ter Stegen isn't even there. You don't need Ter Stegen when you have these three guys. It's 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 that loaded. Um, worth noting that uh, I think uh, I forgot the keeper for uh, no, the keeper for Cologne, who's also usually another call up. Is it Kevin Tapp? No, no, not Kevin Tapp. Uh, Timo Horn. Timo Horn. Timo Horn yeah. You know, they have like they have they have um they have two decades worth of keepers there. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, uh, but yeah, Germany is there. Next, we talk about France. Um, France defending World Cup champions. You know, Kylian Mbappe, <laughs> yeah. and Antoine Griezmann, <laughs> Antoine Griezmann, Benjamin Pavard, Hugo Lloris, getting there with age, but still their best keeper, Raphael Varane, who's surprisingly only twenty-eight. Holy crap! I didn't know. Yeah, still yeah. that young. Anyway, press. You have um, they have, uh, I really like that guy. Yeah, Kimpembe. They have Kurt Zuma. They have Lucas Digne. They have Lucas Hernandez. They just have a lot of talent. Paul Pogba has, uh, you know, has been bouncing back internationally, dabbing his way into our into the French uh, into French hearts. Thomas Lemar, Courtney Toliso, and Golo Kante, my arguably my favorite French player right now. Really. The guys, uh, the guys hustle personified in football. If there's a hustle player in football, that's in Golo Kante. Yeah. And Adrian Rabio, uh, man, trouble kid. <laughs> Olivier Giroud now is in Milan. Now you can now you can now forget about hating him there for moving to Chelsea. No, uh, even though he left for left us. Um, I'm still a big fan of his. Yeah, I mean, Giroud was uh, was like a really great scorer with Arsenal. I'm happy. Now. Yeah, and he even scored the goal of the year, right? Remember? The was that his scorpion kick? Yeah. Always good. The Kingsley Coleman, Karim Benzema returning from international competition. Now, I wish Karim Benzema just stayed away from this young team because it was better off without him. Just <laughs> kidding. I'm just being mean. Because <laughs> they, they won a World Cup without this guy. Anyway, now... We talked about teams. We talked about top players. We talked about, now. We talk about results and surprises. Now, their sur- biggest surprise for me, I guess we we can agree on this: Switzerland and Czech Republic going to the quarterfinals. Yeah, 
Uh, Switzer, I guess Switzerland having the best game of the tournament by reversing uh, a lead by a French lead and beating France in penalties. Defending World Cup champions are gone in the quarterfinals. Really yeah, big upset. I remember who won the match of the uh, man of the match at that. Uh, oh, I forgot. Wait, I'm looking for it. I would argue that um, it was um, okay, yeah, Alice Ferovic. Jaka is the official man of the match. Oh, Granit Yeah, really great. Right? As, I, as we said, you know, Switzerland is one of those teams that can cause upsets and they cause the biggest upset of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, they reverse and, a French what's lead. What's good with this win, Jude, sorry. What's good with this win is it. if you look at it, um, of course, France will be the favorites. They're the defending world champions. They have highly rated players that are universally loved except for I think Pogba, who's a bit man. Benzema. Man. Benzema, but Benzema is uh, is having, is being is the main man now. I think in Real because yeah. he's the one scoring goals. But um, this is why I love football. It's the magic of football. Imagine someone much maligned like Gran Jaka being the man of the match, though, or the one being the architect. Being oh, the well, architect. if we're talking about much Balain, we have, um, we also have this midfielder called, uh, who was that? Uh, my God, who was, it? who was their Liverpool midfielder? Shakiri. Yeah, yeah, Shakiri. Who has been, uh, you know, yeah, but said to be... has been... I don't know what he got... Oh, yeah, he gets a lot of flack from, um, from a lot of people. Like when he, well, especially now that he's in Arsenal, yeah, his Arsenal career yeah, 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 but, with, with a lot of fans. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's go to uh, let's go to uh, yeah. That's the biggest surprise for me. Switzerland going far, and the only team that beat them was Spain in penalties. Yeah. <laughs> it, it took another penalty shootout to just knock them down. Yeah. Also, then we're going cool. far without. Chris, uh, Christian Eriksen. reaching the semis without Christian Eriksen is like a great feel-good story for them. That's a lot yeah. of heart from De- Denmark. I mean, they always have great talent. They they have great talent, and I think yeah. you know, um, yeah, really great, uh, really great bounce back from them, especially after that incident. Now, of course, we go to the semis. Now, Spain has been Spain redeemed themselves after years of um, not being uh, not showing up that much. They got their butts kicked in Ru- by Russia in in 2018, which surprised me until now. Like, holy crap! I hate uh, that result. Still, kind of shocks me. Anyway, um, now we go to the final. There, let's go to the final. Um, it was a dispute of football coming home or is it coming? It's coming home. And this is uh, one of the high, most highly anticipated matchups because for me, okay, it was. Will England finally win their next international trophy, or will Italy finally regain their once dominant form? They've won Euros, they've won World Cups, they've been their their clubs are the best in in club football, diba? Right? Milan, Juventus has been they've been shining examples of two thousands football. Will they yeah. be able to redeem? Will they be able to become Italy of old? The, you know, the Italy that we know and admired back then. You know, the one the one that was worth, you know, getting a red card from Zinedine Zidane. Yeah. 
But yeah, anyway, uh, the one zero Italy that we got. <laughs> yeah, but if you think anyway, about it, okay. match, England scored first. Okay, now, now we go. Okay, England scored the early, earliest goal in the Euros, of the early fastest goals in the Euros. Luke Shaw gets the. Luke Shaw shoots first, hits first, gives England, you know, gives England the hype. Yeah, yeah football yeah. is coming home. But they it's played so like busy. so bad in the second half. And then they, they like, and Italian composure won over the second half by Bonucci saying that yeah, now it's not coming home. Dude, sorry for interjecting. Yeah, it's coming home. He's missed it. It's coming home. It's coming to Rome. Bonucci said, no, it's... And, you know, this is the classic Italian result in regular time. 1-1. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Italian Italian football matches are known for bad, for really low scores. But, and then this is one of them. Anyway, um, we go to... Um, you go to extra time. Extra time did no none of them scored. Um, I think, I think if one of them have scored here, it would have ended the game. Honestly, yeah. uh, I mean obviously. Um, I think if Kane had uh, no, Kane had one big shot left in him, I think he would have. This would have been the best shot, but he but he didn't. Yeah, unfortunately. Or you know, we would have gotten a, a nice little immobile moment. You know, just yeah. to defy yeah. his nickname and defy his last name. And um, I think. Anyway, it ended the penalties, and penalties were weird. Okay, ended three two, and England missing. Worth noting, England missing the last three penalties, and um, it was weird because it was their youngsters who were taking them: Rashford, Jadon Sancho, and Bukayo Saka. I mean, hats off to them for taking the pressure, taking the mantle of being penalty taker for the biggest final of England after a long time but yeah it was so unfortunate it was really and that. their heroes for stepping up actually but the trash for penalty was bad but the yeah. Saka and the Saka ones were saved yeah the but, yeah. the um the uh the abuse after was uncalled for yeah uh, honestly it makes, that was unfair it makes it sweeter that Italy won because uh you know how they will abuse these three young men these three young men who are persons of color and they are for the them. future of their national team <laughs> yeah it's a it's uncalled for it's unfair it's it's just really bad and football came to rome after so long roberto mancini proves that you know he's a very good Ita- italian manager he's yeah. a really good italy manager and keeps the undefeated streak alive Wait, or is Roberto under- Mancini now just a World Cup away? Yeah, I mean right. this man has won trophies in clubs, uh, in clubs that had a hard time, had a hard time winning trophies in, and Italy is one of them. And now he gave them a little trophy there. And yeah, let's go. Um. I think that's it for Euro 2020. Now, Derv, anything to add with football coming to Rome? Um, glad that Italy won it because of the succeeding abuse that uh, those three heroic young men ab- uh, receive from basically their countrymen. So okay, now let's just quick fire Derv, after before we end. Um, let's just talk about World Cup predictions. Uh, let's just talk about uh, teams that we could. Uh, I think I'll I'll drop. Team names and let's just talk about them being contenders. Now, they're first off Argentina. They I think they're gonna, gonna win it. Do you think uh, Messi can just carry? You know, 
tear off his soul one last time for Argentina? Um, I think um, it's now or never because he knows it's his last. I think it's his last World Cup, yeah. Ronaldo as well, I think last World yeah, Cup yeah, for Portugal. Yeah. Uh, I don't, but I think if we're compare Argentina or Portugal, I think Argentina has a edge there because uh, better if, tournament. If you think about it, if you think about it, Portugal as the better team overall. Yeah, but, but um, can't underestimate a messy team yeah, there. Argentina has been in the final so many times, only to like lose in the finals. But yeah, I think with Messi now, he's like. Is in fuck this shit. I'm gonna do everything mode. Yeah, I'm gonna carry my. I'm gonna carry this team or die trying. Mode. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about um. Uh, anyone in the Concacaf derby that can go far? Canada's been doing well right now. Okay. Uh, USA and Mexico are always gonna be yeah. uh World Cup contender, World Cup finals uh shoe-ins usually, except for that one time for US. They, where they just became overconfidently and they became stupid at one tournament and then they just screwed Mercury. over That's giving Pulisic a chance in the World Cup, which yeah, I kind of yeah. hated. Um, anyway, yeah, Mexico, I Mexico, I always talk about this. Mexico is consistent and for bad in a bad bad way because they always go to the quarterfinals and get kicked out there. Yeah, every yeah. single time. Anyway, um, I just hope they go deeper. Um. Asian contenders there. Anyone in Asia right now? Well, most of their teams can beat like Korea did to Germany and Korea, Korea did to Italy. I think in the 2002. But now, but I don't think there's. I don't think there. I don't think it's the time though. It, it feels like it's not yet the time for an Asian team to get far again. Um. Let's move on to um, Africa. Any team that you want to succeed? I think I want to see uh, Egypt, uh, Ivory Coast, just or Nigeria. Ivory Coast, definitely. Egypt, Ivory Coast, <laughs> or Nigeria, just go. Um, if if Saga decides to be in international, did, did he retire from international duties? I'm not sure. I think he's still playing. I'm yeah, if he's still playing, I think Egypt should have another crack at it in the World Cup. Now well, let's go to the qualification. Yeah, let's go to uh, let's go to Europe. There, uh, do you think France has a good chance of repeating? Nope. I mean, I know where I know I know. There's a World Cup curse, diba? Right? World Cup winners get destroyed in the group stages after winning the their previous World Cup. Because Spain got destroyed, you know, they got dolphin gold by Van Persie. <laughs> yeah, and Germany got destroyed. Uh, Germany got destroyed by uh, Song Hyun Min. Um, yeah. And then Chucky Luzano as well. I remember that. And uh, we're noting Italy got kicked out of the group stage right in 2010. Yeah. So yeah, there's a curse there. And also um, France, after winning the World Cup, they got destroyed in 2002. So that's, yeah. and that's 20 years ago. And, you know, 20th anniversary of getting their butts kicked in a group stage. But I think, uh, do you think um, France can break the curse? Um... I I don't I do think they're not gonna go out early. I think they're gonna go deep, but they're not gonna win. Okay, good good to take on that. Do you think um now let's go to Germany? Do you think Germany has a great chance? If not Argentina, them. Okay. Well, I'm a so, I, I, I've been a fan of Germany because uh I was placed in a festival the 
It's oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah, the end of the football training. Yeah, I was yeah, the yeah. first thing I was placed was in our mini World Cup was in Germany. So ever since then, I was a German fan. So I think I'm going by heart here, not with my mind. Who I think is gonna win? Argentina. If not Argentina, then Germany. Okay, great. Um, let's see. Uh, it. Oh yeah, where we haven't talked about Italy. Derv, Italy. Do you think they have a great chance at this next World Cup? Using my head, I think they're favorites. Okay, yeah. Um, do you think uh, you know football would come to Rome once more? <laughs> I think it's yeah. a great chance. For me, I think uh, if they will not have the transcendent star, the super mega popular Uber star that other teams have, because they have the consistency of having every having great players in every position. Oh wait, they have a transcendent star in Donnarumma. Never mind. They're... <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no. He's not as transcendent. Yeah, but the thing is, it's Italian style to have not not have that one guy. Um, well, they still, did. Oh, yeah, no. Worth noting, 2006, they didn't really have a standout guy. Yeah. They had everyone. <laughs> they had yeah. the, the family. Well, it's kind of like <laughs> the teams like Spain as well. They didn't have a standout guy because the, the whole team was good. Germany, that yeah, Germany, okay. 2014 Germany team was like on par, I think, with any World Cup winning team. That team can beat any World Cup winning team because that team was really the most complete I've seen. As long as I'm okay. watching. Okay. Um, we go to South America. I think last last thing. Ah, I know we talked about Argentina. Do you think Brazil has a chance in winning World Cup? <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think Neymar has the uh, no, has the way, ability yeah, to carry Brazil that. is Brazil is for me personally, Brazil is kinda like my international man you in Tottenham. So I, I feel like uh, no, for me, um Brazil is like Brazil feels like, despite having a good number of uh, veterans there, they're immature. I think they're, 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 there's that level. Yeah, and they're more. I, the thing I that I hate about Brazil is that before I used to hate them because they're really good and I want my teams to win, but now they're like kind of like uh, touch them and Neymar's gonna die. He's like. Uh, I can't take it. Um, okay. Uh, apart from Brazil and Argentina, you know, being their strongest, do you think any other South American team is worth noting? Nah, I think Uruguay will still be there. Uruguay is past their prime, I guess, sadly. Yeah. I'm sad. Chile as well, I think, past their prime. Yeah, Chile definitely Vidal are. are not gonna, are not gonna um, be their young best. They're no longer at their young best. Yeah, but hey, yeah. we got to see them at least uh, tear up Argentina <laughs> to <Yeah>. tears <laughs> twice. But I think yeah, with I want Argentina to win. I will have Italy or well, Be- or Belgium because remember this is Belgium's final chance. Yeah, for we forgot to talk about Belgium. Okay, um, I think this yeah, you're right there. This is really their final chance to the for their generation. For yeah, the Hazard, Aku, Courtois generation, finally win something, and I think they should. They need to win something. Please, please, just um, do something, Belgium, because they have never won anything. They're the Tottenhams of this, uh, no, of this <laughs> of international football. Okay, I mean, uh, no offense to Tottenham, they've won a league cup. Like, With offense uh, to Tottenham, <laughs> Joe, just kidding, Spurs fans. <laughs> No, because they're kind of like, yeah, I get that point. 
I get the point because <laughs> they're really strong and they find a way to bottle it up in the end. Yeah, come on, they have they have they have great crop of talent, you know. Yeah, on definitely. paper for me, they were better than Italy. They're actually Before better the than France. If you think about their whole squad, they're better than France. In my but, Fran- but France beat. Beat them in the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, but France is so. more, yeah, yeah. Actually, that and France has been more consistent or okay, more. But, okay. I guess our final prediction there: Argentina, Germany, very early. Argentina, Germany, Italy are your top three. Do you have a fourth one? Would it be France? Belgium. Belgium okay. No, no. If, if not Belgium, I think France. If not Belgium, yeah. I think France would be. Yeah, but like, we split it. My heart goes for Germany and Argentina, but the logical two two favorites are gonna be Italy, Belgium, and well, yes, France. Yeah. Okay. Now we go to our outro. Now, Derv, before we go, where can we, uh, where can we find you, or where can we find you know follow Wrestling After Work? Yeah, you can follow Wrestling After Work on Facebook. And uh, I think on Instagram as well at Resting After Work. Uh, I'll have to confirm it with Avia. I forgot. But um, you can follow us there. I, our podcasts are on Spotify and everywhere podcasts are available. Um, and keep uh, stay tuned for a new episode. Uh, we'll be having one record. We'll be recording one soon. And awesome. uh, if you want to follow me on my personal accounts, it's at Albertizi on Instagram, Derv Divinesh on Facebook, but it's going to be awkward if you just follow me there. On Twitter, it's Dushbagetti, at Dushbagetti. Okay. Now, awesome. Um, for us, you can find the Geeky Ones on the geekyones.com where we have a blog site. And there was a few reviews of um, Dota and the Play Animator as yeah. we're contributing to you can take a look at our Realme watch review. I'm wearing the Realme wireless headsets, which are really cool. I've been using them for, I've, using, I've used them in the last episode. I'm using them now, really good audio quality. And uh, Realme watch to review. And just a little, uh, I hope you can see this on screen. So yeah, Realme watch review, pretty good. Check out our review if you're interested in getting a smart watch. And for our podcast, you can find us Oh, okay, for social, but for socials, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. Um, at the Geeky Ones, all 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 of our social handles are there. On that, and for our podcast, of course, you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you can find our pod, find your podcasts. We're pretty much available uh, on a lot of places. A quick Google search on the Geek Ones. You can find our platforms conveniently. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so yeah. Once again, Irv, thank you so much for joining thank us. You, this thank nice you guys for having episode. me. Nice that we get able to talk about a little bit of sports in our yeah. episode here. And now uh, that's it for the for the Geek Ones. And I'm Jude. And we're going to sign off and see you next episode. So bye, guys. Bye, guys. This episode of The Geeky Ones is presented to you by Ambidexter. Check out ambidexter.media for more information.